Okay, welcome to episode 56 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. This week we have a returning guest host, the go-to for British comics information, and the writer of the Boys Adventure Comics blog, Mr. Richard Sheaf. How you doing, Rich? All right, you okay? Yes, very well. Yeah. We've just come out of lockdown, the day out of lockdown, isn't it, today? So everyone's probably going nuts out there and we're recording a podcast. <laughs> we're still hiding indoors. We're a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, too scared. We've, we've, we're now worried about actually speaking to anyone else in our lives that isn't on a computer screen. So that's how it works. Um, now, you've chosen a, a, a creator this week, um, but one that is unusually for you, not British-centric. So did you want to tell us who you've chosen? Yeah, I'm on here again, and you're. This is ruining my reputation, my, my racist <laughs> reputation for only liking British comics. <laughs> I'm dragged on here again, again to talk about American comics. It's, it's what you do to me, Danny. You're just messing with my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've chosen a creator this week, uh, and the creator I've chosen is uh, Jeff Smith. Brill, nice one. Quite a big subject you gave us there. Quite a big task. Um, yeah, not as big as Doonesbury. I think I've gone easy on you this week. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but Prince Valiant, I'm still going to tease you with Prince Valiant. We've still yeah. got we've got to do that next year. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good one to do. Actually, I like that idea. But the um, you say it's not a big task, but I know for a fact that you've read over what you've read about 1,500 pages of comics in the last week. I, I have just to come yeah. on your show. <laughs> <laughs> and you got me to do it as well. So I didn't, I didn't quite yeah. go as large as you, but I didn't, I didn't do badly. I like to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the um, the comics machine that is Jeff Smith. We're going to cover. We're not going to go into detail and everything, so don't go mad. We're not going to lay out the story of Bone. I don't think I've got that much room in my life, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk a little bit about him. We're going to talk and run through his main books. I think he's he's not done. He's done a lot of art, but he's not done a lot of titles. I suppose is the best way to describe it. I'm guessing. Would you agree? Or yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has, he, I mean, we'll we'll get to them, but yeah, sort of three main titles that he that he's worked on, and you know, some other little tiny bits around the edge. But um, yeah, yeah, he sort of, I mean, disappeared is the wrong word, but you know, he's yeah, yeah, he's, it's interesting. Yeah, he's, he's so. How did you first come across him, dude? How did you first find his work? Um, I came across it uh, when I was at college, actually. Uh, okay. So I was doing my A levels. So that was uh, ninety-two to ninety-four. I did my A levels, uh, and there was a guy there, um, and it turned out he was into comics as well. Um, and he was probably, it was maybe right sort of at the end. So probably maybe the summer of ninety-four. Just sort of just when I was finishing up, suddenly I discovered this guy was into comics. I was like, oh, shit, we should have been talking comics for the last two years. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but he was into you know, maybe sort of you know, independent comics, and he gave me a copy. I think um, uh, Kane by Paul Grist. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and a copy of Bone, and he sort of said, "Oh, you know, you know, I, I've read these. I like these. You know, why don't you read them?" Uh, and to my shame, I didn't really get on with Paul Grist and Kane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but it would go the copy of Bone he gave. Me, I can't remember what copy of Bone it was, but you know, it was a a low number the sort of issue, I suppose. Uh, uh, and, and I just, I just fell in love with. It. I thought this, this, this is amazing. This is, this is an incredible story, and I love these characters, and I love this world, and I love this art. Uh, so yeah, that was yeah. it. So yeah, yeah no, I know we've we previously talked about Asterix, and I suppose there's there is a similarity there, isn't there? Sort of fantasy yeah. setting, almost. Um, there's that sort of Scandi French Europeany feel to it a little bit, you know, with the valleys and the. You know the villages and stuff like that. I suppose, in a way. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I definitely think that's there. And, you know, in the end, like you say, you know, there's whatever it is, 1,100 pages of comics um, all in. Um, you know, there's quite, you know, it's a sort of an epic, you know, it's, it's a quest narrative. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are, and certainly having read quite a lot of it recently, you know, there are definitely bits and, you know, battles and fights that I was reading thinking, wow, you know, this, you know, this is like, you know, how they uh, film one of those, you know, uh, a battle in The Hobbit or yeah, uh, in, the, in, in The Lord yeah. of the Rings, you know, it's very like, oh, hang on, you know, you've got, right, you know, this, you've got a besieged enemy, you know, it's all there and everyone's attacking you and it really reminded me yeah, it starts of off, that. starts um, off very small. I mean, we'll get, let's get on to Bone in a minute because hmm. that is a parallel yeah. I want to make and I'm going to, I've got a few questions yeah. I'm going to put to you around, around that, that example <laughs> specifically. Mm. Um, I've, I discovered it, I think I bought, I think it's probably like the cow race issue or something like that, one of the cow race issues okay. I remember buying. Yeah. There was a bit of heat around it, everyone's saying it's really good and I bought this oh, black, yeah. and, black and white comic version of it. Yeah. Yeah, just off the shelf in, I think, comic showcase maybe, something like that in town. Yeah. I don't know how I miss comic showcase. Yeah. Was... But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely, you know, for the, that sort of 94, 95, you know, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was the hotness, as they say, wasn't yeah. it? You know, it was this real sort of felt like it had come out of nowhere, looked like an, you know, just like an independent comic, really. You know, we, you know, which is what it, it started as. You know, it wasn't yeah. a DC title, it wasn't a Marvel title. You know, it was one man saying, "This is my comics vision," you know, uh, and, and and going for it, and everybody going, "This is amazing." You know, yeah, those. I suppose you had. Well, Cerebus was going at the same time. I suppose yeah. the turtles were black and white at the same time. You know, it was that real? There were people who were really bringing their their black and white independent comics. You know, to them. You know, to you know, well, not to the mainstream. You know, they were twisting the mainstream to them to say, actually, yeah. you know, here here is a title that you should all be into. And everyone going, my God, you're right. You know, I think you're right, man. Uh, I think we were all on the lookout. And the other example I give is Usagi as well. We were all on yeah. the lookout for yeah. the next black and white hit, weren't we? And mm. the fact that there was a bit of anthropomorphism in it, and there was, um, yeah. you know, it was could it have been the next Turtles? And it got a bit of heat like that. But I mean, it's, it got yeah. the heat because it's very good. There's any doubt about yeah. that. I think it's a, it's a very well put together book, and it's and it started off as black and white. So let's talk a little bit about Jeff. So twenty, he was born the twenty seventh of February nineteen sixty in Pennsylvania, and then he grew up in Columbus, Ohio. His dad would read to him Peanuts as a kid and Mad Magazine. He specifically remembers a book called For the Love of Peanuts, a Fawcett book um, on the shelf. Um, Bone won 11 Harvey Awards and 10 Eisner Awards. And that's incredible. That's it. I meant to Google who's won the most, but, you know, that would be... It's got to be there. (laughs) It's got to be be there or thereabouts. Yeah. I mean, he won them in quite a short space of time um, as well. You know, it was definitely, you know, that that period, like I say, uh, that that mid-90s, you know, where where it was super hot... um, you know the, the the storytelling. You know we'll get into like you say that the the great cow race. You know the image you <laughs> yeah yeah the issue you picked up there is is yeah fantastic amazing. Yeah. And I got to tell you, there's probably few characters who won that many Eisners. Even you know I can't Batman maybe I don't know maybe I doubt it but possibly yeah. Um, so he's inspired by Charles Schultz and, and Cole Barks, and he loves Scrooge McDuck. Mm. And he's quoted as saying um, he wanted Scrooge McDuck to go on a long voyage, a long, a long journey, which was an epic storyline. And that was one of the inspirations for the story Bone. Um, he, um, he, but he claims as I think, I think we, did we talk about this? I can't remember. He claims that one of his biggest influences and in a book um, he still keeps near his drawing table was the Pogo Special Birthday Special. It's called the Pogo Special Birthday Special. I think that's the title of it. That's what mm. I found. Um, which is um, again, we go back to it being a newspaper strip, don't we? Which we've yeah. talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's very interesting. You know, drawing those parallels. You know, when we talked about um, Gary Trudeau and his work on 
Yeah. Uh, the Doonesbury Strip, uh, you know, from episode 50, um, that starts in his university newspaper when, you know, when, when he goes to university and he starts it off and it's, you know, and it's super scratchy, the art style he has, and it's, you know, it's, it's not very finished, it's not very polished, it looks so different to you know what his art would mature into in a in a few years time uh yeah and that's very different for jeff smith you know in yeah. there's a there's a slim volume called the bone reader which is the making of the first trilogy the first sort of set of books okay um of of bone which has got some of it has got sort of one-off uh sort of stories that he did that that weren't in the mainstream bone they were sort of like in Wizard or, you know, Hero yeah. Illustrated. So he's got some of those things, but he's got some of his early sketches and he's got some of his university work. And, you know, it's just like, oh, my God, you know, this is, you know, the university work you've put out, you know, is is already at a professional standard. Yeah, we were looking um, at it today. I'd like you, you, yeah, exactly. you I'd sent like it to know, me. which yeah. is very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sent it to me and, it's, and the, 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 yeah. the thing you immediately notice is that the, the bone characters are completely formed. They They don't really change from that, do they? They, they don't, and the reason for that is because in in Smith's, you know, in mind, in his imagination, you know, he created them so long ago that he yeah. already knew what they looked like. Um, I mean, he says in here, um, I made up the bone cousins when I was in kindergarten. Right. I remember sitting there in my living room at the age of five, doing nothing more than contemplating the colour of the carpet and a piece of paper. I did those first drawings on. I was trying to make up something fun, like Mickey Mouse or Bug Bunny, and I just remember remember really liking these drawings i just made yeah that's going to be my character i thought so and it's got a really and then it's got sort of three pictures you know like you know when he's sort of you know age five age 15 and age 25 is sort of drawings um right of the characters so you know it's really he started this idea for this story a long time ago and then sort yeah. of spent you know from i don't know five to 25 working out the story in his head and then and then getting a chance to go for it, and, and he goes for it, and he publishes it, and, and off he goes. Now, there's a couple of things, before we start on to Bone proper, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. So he did start off as an animator. He went to college with a guy called Jim Camerund, um, who's a, was, I think he's, a, he's now a Disney animator, and a guy called Marty mm. Fuller, and they opened their own animation studios. And the thing that I was surprised to learn was that they claymationed the California Raisins. And I actually remember that vaguely. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. I think Too vaguely, to do with yeah. That. Yeah. Um, which is quite interesting, and he decided to give that up. And his, I think his wife had quite a good job, and he convinced her to help him run his comic company, his small comic company, um, which still is still active today. He still puts out a lot of the the, the copy of Razzle that I bought is from there. Um, and he became probably he's probably one of the most successful self-published people ever, isn't he? Because of that, I know he's mucked about with he's he's gone to Scholastic for some copy, he went to Image for a short run. You know, other people, yeah. Disney published some of his books, but he, he's kind of, a, he is at heart a self-publisher, and the books still come out that way, don't they? Yeah, 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 and that's certainly, you know, for me, you know, that's part of the, you know, the attraction to the, the story, you know, is that, you know, he is that self-publishing, you know, he is living out that, that you know, small press in inverted commas dream, you know, of having this idea, getting it into print, you know, getting one copy out there, getting two copies, three issues, four issues, you know, and, and that momentum builds. Um yeah. And, you know, and not only does it build, you know, and he gets issues out, you know, but obviously, you know, it goes off the charts in terms of uh, popularity. And like I say, although he sort of, you know, flirts with that, you know, with the uh, getting some of those issues out through Image and, and, and Disney, you know, he's, yeah. he's uh, you know, been able to maintain that 
that control, I guess, um, over, over what what he works on and what what he what he chooses to do. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, so, a good model. Yeah, yeah and um, he seems a fairly nice guy. Seems, I've never seen I've never seen an interview with him where he hasn't been sort of self-effacingly enthusiastic. I suppose is the way I'd like to put it. Yeah. He's not he's not a braggart, is he? He's a, he he seems very keen and very pleased and quite happy to talk about what he does, but never seems you know I've never seen him say by the way I won eleven Eisners. Do you know what I mean? He's not. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a few people out there. Who big, might, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really about awards, but I'd like to say I've won a few. You know, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, Bone. I've got a couple of questions for you just to start off. With. Yeah. So Bone began in 1991. Um, as we said, he wanted initially for it to be a newspaper strip. Rich, they're hobbits, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> I know what you mean. Definitely, <laughs> having read it and like, and it's that sort of that quest narrative, and definitely, you know, towards the end, about you know, it all sort of feels like it's coming down on this sort of you know one little hobbit in inverted commas. I, yeah. you know, I definitely, you know, I could, I was reading it thinking this is very, this feels really like, uh, like he's been inspired uh, by by Tolkien. Yeah, uh, well, I think he's quite open and, about that, isn't he? He says it. I, yeah. I saw him do an interview where he said it's Bugs Buddy. Bugs Buddy joined with Lords of the Rings, and I thought that's kind of, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and especially the the last volume. I suppose we'll talk about that in a minute. But the last volume goes full on. Is it? I'm not really a Lord of the Rings guy, but is it Helm's Deep? Is that one of the big battles? Helm's Deep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely the battle I was thinking of when I was. You know, there's a there's a town, you know, a city. It's only sort of the last city where the, I mean, they're not humans because you know because yeah. there are all sorts of slightly different sort of races and characters and creatures there. But essentially, it's where all the good people are left. They're <laughs> yeah. in this one city, and you know, there's you know, there's a million. They're not orcs, uh, but you know, there's, there's a million of of the sort. The, the rat creatures characters. are kind of orcs, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're the orcs. They're they're outside. You know, the, the odds are stacked against them. You know, and hopefully, you know, there's uh, somebody will come to help relieve the the siege in 48 hours. But you've got to survive that 48 hours. Yeah. Um, and you've got them sort of. The, so there's the battle going on with some of the characters, and then you've got like the the bones, as it were. You know, performing that Hobbit feature of of being slightly away from that main action, yeah. into the right. Hang on, we have, we have to slip away from the main action of the fight here because we have to go uh, stage left and you know keep the story moving on on that side of things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 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 but very very, very much like that, isn't there? And um, yeah, who's who's the main wizard in Lord of the Rings? Um, Gandalf. Gandalf. That's Grandma Ed. Ed. Is that her name? Yeah. Grandma Ben. Grandma Ben, pardon me. Yeah, Grandma, sorry. Yeah. That's cause she's kind um, of the Gandalf, isn't she? A bit. she? But she's a slightly more sort of kitchen sink, but will bash you up kind of character, a bit more sort of practical. Um, probably one of the standout characters for me, actually. I never I never <laughs> don't enjoy a scene she's in. Yeah. No, no. She, she, she brings... There's, there's a lot of hidden depths uh, to her, yes. you know, which, you yeah. know... We, which are not apparent at the start at all. You know, it's just like, no, she looks like this very solid, like slightly no-nonsense character. But then as, as you move through the books, you know, these sort of layers get, get peeled away, both, you know, of her story and her, you know, her humanity yeah, uh, and, and her life uh, that, that she's led. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, she, she, yeah, she turns out to be this very interesting character. Yeah, she does. Uh, there's there's in, definitely in, layers, isn't there? And he builds it up yeah. and builds it up. Um, the characters who are called, who are, cousins they're called bone and i think they're and in my head i've always thought they're called bone because they look like bones don't they yeah i can the only sort of the only nearest thing i can think of something like the 
uh, what's it called in in Little Abner? The new oh, yeah. schmoo. Yeah, schmoo. They look a bit schmoo like. Yeah, there's schmoo quality um, to them, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Now there's three of them. Phonesable P, P Phony Bone. He's a sort of um, greedy. Um, uh, Danny DeVito would probably play his voice. He's kind of in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then there's yeah. Phonebone, who's the sort of slightly innocent, um, lovesick. What's you know he's he's kind of the kind of the hero, isn't he? He's kind of the nice guy of the three of them. Yeah, I can't remember which Hobbit that makes him, but yes, yeah, he's that one. Yeah, <laughs> and um, there's Smileybone, who's sort of cigar ch- smoking, um, comedy relief. Which is where I become I come to my next um, question for you, Rich. Uh, They're just the Marx Brothers, aren't they? <laughs> the Marx, that's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> That's an interesting way of uh, of looking at them. That they are, yeah. I mean, the 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 the, the that that banter, that camaraderie. You know, that that love they have between all of them. But they um, they don't stop having a go at each other still. But there no, is that, that not, bond, not, isn't not there? For, not not for a moment. I mean, literally from the. I can almost say, you know, from the first panel, they're having a go at each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and on, and yeah. on the, just about the you know the last panel, they are having a go at each other. And in between, there's. 1100 pages of other stuff that goes on that doesn't doesn't stop them having to go at each other you know they've gone this you know this, this amazing story uh, you know voyage uh, quest that they go on but ultimately they're just it's <laughs> it's just slightly getting in their way of having a row with each other you know yeah, they, I mean, is, they, yeah. they, they yeah. love each other and really you know I, I think that element came through to me when i was reading it um was was how much you know they you know that they, they, they do love each other but they, yeah, they they mainly spend their time winding winding e- each other up like. and get. I think that's yeah, good. Yeah. I think that's good. And, uh, the um, phony bone is influenced by characters in a Mad magazine. Ma- uh, Don Martin used to use phone bone as the last name of some of his characters in Mad magazine, which is uh, apparently where Jeff Smith got the name from. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so they've they've had um, they've jumped about a bit um, in a publicity uh, public publishing way, but they they kept the the numbers going. And um, was it fifty five issues? Is that right? 50, yeah, fifty five issues. So, but over about it's quite a long time period, I think, wasn't it? Was it like yeah. thirteen years or something? So it was quite. Yeah. You know, it's it was. What does that make on average? Sort of bi monthly. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I th- I mean, I've got a stack of the volumes here next to me. And they're not all the same, you know, page numbers per book. Uh, yes. So, you know, so I yeah. think some of them are definitely, you know, you know, when when the story demands it, it you know, it's a bit longer. Um, and and I guess, you know, certainly at the start, it is Jeff Smith doing all of it. You know, he's drawing it, he's writing it, he's lettering it. Um, and until his wife gives up a well-paid Silicon Valley job to help him out, yeah. Um, you know, I think he's doing the marketing and almost sending it out as well, you know, so yeah. it's, it's no wonder that he can't sort of be, be cranking out 22 pages a month and doing all the everything else as well, you know, it, you know there aren't enough hours in the day, so... Yeah, uh, you're right. And it's, uh, yeah. I mean, and which leads me into my third uh, question for you. Bear in mind, it's a husband and wife team working on a fantasy story. Um, yeah. Is it Elf Quest? Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, is it, um, is it Lynn Varley? Is she married to Frank Miller? <laughs> Although I think they were mates, weren't they? I think I think genuinely those two are friends. Uh, I heard some interview where they were talking about doing a comic together at one point. Imagine a Jeff Jeff Smith drawn Frank Miller comic. I'd read the fuck out of that firstly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he does the he does the introduction to volume three. Oh, does he? The forward to to the sort of the the collected book. Um, 
So uh, yeah, I, of course, you know, I, I've never read anything uh, by the is it the, the pe- is it Wendy Peeny the Peenies? Yeah. yeah um, um, so no, it's always been on my list. But then again, I've probably thought, oh my god, there's a lot of them. You know, yeah, where I know. do I start? And I know my collector man- mentality will take over. And once I've read the first volume, <laughs> I think, oh, we've already seen you do another free th- shelf. We know, we know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have to buy another 37 volumes now, and I'm like, oh no, I've just got to try and just got to, got to stay strong. Now, so, no. the book, the book goes from quite so in the same way that the hobbits start off in their little hobbit land in the first mm. Lord of the Rings, and it ends up in some like amazing battle with various creatures and various races and you know just death you know death is imminent for you know for hundreds of pages in the lord of the rings books this is kind of what happens with this so it starts off with the three the three cousins separately discovering a small town um so it does start off quite quite low quite, quite low excitement it's quite quiet i mean at one point they go to the village fair i think is one issue isn't it you know um, yeah yeah they have a whole issue yeah i mean i was rereading it uh this week I, I was amazed when I read sort of the first, because obviously you know because I'm aware of what's going to happen in the story. Yeah. But rereading the first issue, there were so many things in that I went, "Oh, they've popped up already." Although it's not okay. clear, yeah, you know why why they're important. You know, there's a they get they get separated because they get run off a cliff by a, a locust swarm, which is the sort of thing that you think might happen in the desert. <laughs> yeah, but I, but, but course, then with that, yeah, yeah. But then I think, oh, actually locusts oh it's, it's all about the locusts actually but yeah. you don't know that and that doesn't become clear for another you know whatever it is 25 or 30 issues but yeah. it's there um, and there's and the again, foreshadowing with the dragons as well in her isn't there i think that comes quite early yeah 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 so yeah all like you say that sort of that foreshadowing um of you know what what is to come in in later issues you know i was amazing that sort of first volume actually how much he packs in and i guess that's because he knows the story that he wants to tell yeah. It's not sort of setting off in a somebody's told me to write a comic about, you know, that looks a bit like Walt Kelly's Pogo, but just update it a bit. You know, and I don't really know where the story's going. It's like, no, no, you know, this is a guy, you know, has a vision. And uh, certainly one of the things I've read with him said that, you know, he sort of he drew the last page almost oh, before yeah. he drew the first page. You know, so he, he knows where this story's going to go. Yeah, so I saw that what... quote today from him, actually, funny enough. So what he says is whilst yeah. he was drawing the first issue, he knew how it would end and he drew the last page, which is a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think he, so. He knows where it's going to be. So therefore, he can think. Right. Well, I know what's coming up. What of that can I play in? Yeah. You know, to these early issues where it looks a bit innocuous, or it looks a bit well. That obviously that would happen, but you don't realise that actually you'll you'll look back and think, oh, hang on, that was what happened right at the start, which is now getting played back. You know, twenty issues later. Um. And I think, like I said, because he knows what the story is, you know, he's he's the writer, he's the illustrator. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got anyone interfering with him and saying, actually, you know what, we want to do a bit of this, we want to do a bit of that. I mean, I think sometimes later on, it, I mean, like I say, it wasn't coming out monthly because, you know, he, he couldn't sustain that level of work as, yeah. a, as a one-man band. Um, and it means that you know, if you were picking this up only once, I mean, I didn't pick up the individual issues. I picked, I, I was picking up the trades as right. they came out. Um, but definitely, if you were just picking up one issue and then you wait three months and then you pick up another issue, wait three months, another issue comes out. It's it's quite unforgiving in terms of <laughs> yeah, there's not bit. a sort of a nice, there's not a bit of a, isn't a sort of nice. Yeah, that's why. In the don't, don't forget, this is what happened three months ago. It's just like no, no, straight into this. We're not messing around. There's, a, there's it, it, they work really well. You know, as the trade, but yeah. I think if you find them one at a time back in the day, it would be like, 
What's going on here? I've read this three months ago. Shit, I'm just going to get the old, you know, just going to get the last issue out before I read this week's issue. You know. Yeah, I found it an interesting be read because I'd I'd read it in singles before, and I hadn't, it's only that I read it in trades for this podcast, and um, it's a right. really different reading experience. It's much yeah. more exciting. I used to just dip into it, you know, like mm. you say when it came out every three months or so, and I used to dip into it. And, yeah. Oh, it's the cow race, this one, you know. And I used to read that, and yeah. it was all funny, and you, you know, and it was more about the personalities than the big epic storyline. But when you read it in the trades, it very much comes across as this is this very um, foreshadowed epic storyline, like you say with the locust early, with you know grandma early, you know these sort of Lucius yeah. early, you know you get all the the dragon, the dragons played for comedy in the oh, first yeah. couple of trades isn't he and then you begin to realize the seriousness of him and his race and you know and that, that, which just becomes this amazing scene in the last volume yeah 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 i mean it's so yeah like i mean because I, I yeah I, i've read them all this week and yeah and, and the reason why you know i've torn through them yeah is because you know it you know they, they work so brilliantly together you know it really feels like you know this is you know this is a, this is a you know, this is a graphic novel. You know, it's not. It doesn't feel like so much like oh, it's a trade paperback because it's got six issues in it. It's really like no, this is one whole story. You know, it, you know, it's designed to be glued together, not yeah. really read as singles. Uh, I'd really, you know, pick it up in those trades. Um, I mean, there is the. I mean, you can. There is a single volume edition. Yeah, there, there is, Nick. You'd, 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 dro- you'd drop it on your dog. You'd kill your dog. It's a bit like that, isn't it? But yeah, no, it looks good. I must. I really fancy getting that. I'd, I've read. I read the trades this week on Comicsology, which were. Um, right the colour versions and but I fancy having the black and white version because that's kind of how I remember it a bit yeah. I think I mean is that your fate is that your preference the black and white or I mean I've got um I've, I've got a set of um coloured versions and a set of black and white versions um because like I said I was buying the black and white versions when they came out initially yeah and then I think it was when I had a job near sort of the British Museum um uh, and where where Gosh used to be, and there was you know there was sort of a nexus of comic shops around there that would sell sort of secondhand comics as well as new comics and a few bookshops. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gradually picked up the sort of the the coloured in versions as well because they were quite you know they, they were quite cheap to get, uh, and, and because I, I love them. And my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, um, has read Bone you know uh, through a few times. Um, and I think she she normally read she has normally she's read the the, the coloured versions, but but for this I I went back and I, I read the black and white versions. Right. Um, partly just because it was that that was how I read it originally, and there are definitely some bits where I was reading it. You know, there's one bit where they're sort of lost in the forest uh, and they're being pursued by you know by the um, the orcs, not the orcs. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by, 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 by the rat creatures. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there are. And you know some of his, you know some of his his animation skills really come into it because it's real sort of yeah. feels really like you know this is very dangerous and and the black and white is because there aren't sort of shades of grey in his art you know it's just black and white and, you know and, yeah. and that's it it's not like uh, I mean somebody else whose work I, I love in black and white somebody like Colin McNeil okay um, yeah whose work on we're going off the tangent here but yeah. on like on the war on the, in the Warhammer universe yeah the stories that he wrote there um or the stories that he illustrated there sorry um are in, are in black and white but I mean I've got a page of his original art and but sort of the gradations and the shades okay. of grey he gets into a page are are incredible so to say it's black and white artwork is not really the same as saying this is black and white yeah. art, right? You know, so I know he, um, there's a quote I read from him, which he compared, He says, give it movement and space like a Will Eisner comic, which is kind of, who famously worked in black and white. 
you know, yeah. in some of those things. And there is um, there's there's shapes like you say. There's no real sort of shading to anything, is there? Um, no. It's it's great animation style shapes and stuff like that. And the thing that I really enjoy about Bone, and I didn't enjoy about something we're going to talk about later on, because I think there was a repetition yeah. of design, which was just strange, um, is the design work he does in Bone. So the rat creatures are kind of unlike anything else in comics, aren't they? They're, there's a sinister yeah. feeling to them, but they could be out of a Tex Avery cartoon at the same time, almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you saw them running over a cliff and you know their legs suddenly go 19 to the dozen, and then yeah. big, as they fell to the ground, you, you could absolutely believe that. And yeah. I think certainly his those, you know, what drew me to Bone initially, you know, apart from the style of the story and the humour, which would be enough for most people, you know, was the was the incredible um, sort of the characterisation and what he can do in terms of, you know, everyone's faces yeah. with so few pencil strokes. Yeah. You know, it's a very, you know, the, the, the Bone creatures are very simple sort of creatures, you know, their faces, you know, they're not sort of lined, they're not leathery, they're not, you know, to... to, to get across what they're feeling you have to do a lot with them and yet he manages to do that looking you know he gets the eye to look in just the right place or he gets the eyebrows to do just the right thing you know with yeah hardly any work at all uh which which i think must be an animation skill that that he's brought to this to be able to go yeah i need to be able to pass a message on about what this character this very simple drawing because it has to be a simple drawing, because I'm going to draw it 10,000 times, yeah. uh, you know, in this five-minute cartoon. So it has to be a very simple drawing, but I have to be able to use it to get across complex messages. Uh, and I think that what he can do with the faces of those characters, um, you know, is, is amazing. Yeah, just, I, was, I amazing. was looking at something today when um, Phone Bone goes from being happy to being pissed off, because I think the bloke who was selling honey at the fair was sort of taking the piss out of him for being short. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. The, just, just with a couple of lengthening of lines, you know, to give him a sort of furrowed brow and, uh, you know, an angry look on his face. Really clever, man. Really, really good. Now, he... The, I mean, this is the great success for what we what we commonly refer to as all-ages comics, isn't it? It's um, it's often yeah. quoted. I think, I think there's very few people who wouldn't put this in probably some of the greatest comics ever. Um, and certainly yeah. from from an all ages point of view. However, there are moments in it that, I mean, certainly the last volume is fucking frightening. It just, <laughs> it really yeah. is. It had me certainly very worried, which is a great thing to say, but it had me very worried for everyone involved. Um, yeah. And also, there's some little moments of sauciness. Isn't in this? Is it the second volume where he has a bath with? Is it Rose? He has a bath with her or something, and the camera. Oh, with with Thorn. Thorn, pardon me. Yeah, the, yeah. There's, yeah. And the sort of camera sort of points slightly away, and she says, "What are you doing with the soap? It's not meant to be used <laughs> or something." And it's just this strange moment. I thought, "Oh, okay," you know. But I mean, he's he's quite open about saying it's it's um it's been banned from quite a lot of libraries in the states because yeah. um, people don't like the violence, they don't like the um, the fantasy elements, you know, sort because of, it's unchristian, I suppose, and they don't like the smoking in it. <laughs> which yeah, is I, I hear. I think in the I haven't looked, but I, I definitely read at one point. The, in the coloured in in the coloured versions volumes, so yeah. um, uh, I, I think those sort of the, those stoogies uh, uh, have, have been sort of airbrushed out. And I, oh, I, why? Less smoking, and I'd have to go back and double check, but but I think certainly there is there should be less smoking uh, in, yeah. in the in the more colourful versions. So, um, in, but, actually, in 2010, a parent in Minnesota tried to have the book banned due to smoking and gambling. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the the ga- the gambling, you know, it's just it's it's for 
I mean, his, his whole life is about, you know, they're trying to make money. Raise, yeah. They're trying to make money. You know, two, there's, there's, there's only three of them and two, and one of them is obsessed about making money. The other one just goes along with anything. Yeah. You know, in a sort of idiot way. And the other one is sort of, uh, the earnest the hero, isn't of, he? Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Uh, of, of them. Um, but really, um, having read them just, just recently, I, I mean, I agree. Certainly that, that last volume, when I was, you know, I was thought, I was going, oh, Zoe's 12, 12 and a half now. When was she really into bone? <laughs> Maybe two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was 10 and a half, and I was sort of thinking, oh, should I have done that? When, when were we reading 2000 AD, though? Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and you're right. There are definitely, you know, there are, you know, a couple of bits at, at the start, you know, where he sees, uh, where Bone sees Thorna, and she's sort of, you know, she's just in a hot sort of, not a hot tub, obviously, but in a hot pool. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and he's so, and he's and he's 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 got like a hat on. It looks like a bit of like a chef's hat, and it sort of explodes because it's so, <laughs> so like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe what I'm seeing it. And then everyone's, you know, and then everyone's taking the you know the Mickey out of him, and he's like, what do you, how do you think this is? You know? I mean, that's um, the humor is one of the reasons I was drawn to it, and I'm not um I'm not a big fantasy mark. There was always sort of two camps at school, and one was fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons, and then there was us who used to read. Asimov and Philip K. Dick, and we're more of the sort of sci-fi crowd, which I kind of Star Trek onwards. I kind of I was more that yeah. thing. So I, I I read Lord of the Rings, and to be honest with you, I read it when I was no twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and I found it a bit boring yeah. to be fair. But the the added the added bit for this is um it's the humour. So always like fantasy was always like very po-faced and full of yeah. weird names and kings and quests and stuff. And um this this has all of what you want in Lord of the Rings, you know, with these sort of like you say, like the orcs and the big villain, the, you know, and the the, lo- the locusts and the the huge dragons and stuff. But it does it with a sense of humour a lot of the time as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, when I was of, of that age, uh, I was certainly I, I was into Dungeons and Dragons, you know, reading yeah. fantasy. So, like I say, I, I read Lord of the Rings at about the the same time as you, and sort of yeah. tore through it, you know, uh, in in a you know. Uh, couple of months uh yeah yeah <laughs> which is about as fast as you could do you know yeah um but yeah but but the humor in this uh you know is is it's just fantastic uh, it's certainly uh, those, those couple of early volumes are the real sort of peak this look you know this is really selling you a pup because really yeah. you have no idea what's going on there you know it's a bit like you know walt kelly's you know pogo it's a bit you know carl barks influence you know it just yeah. seems like you know silly adventures in a valley the great cow race is, is the sort of the is the the eisner award-winning bit in issue 7 to 11 yeah uh, and that has definitely been published in one of those i haven't got any of those those real oversized treasury editions oh, okay I've, i was i was in forbidden planet and, I, and they had a great cow race treasury edition you know real sort of about four foot tools or yeah. thing and, and i was like oh if i was gonna buy one treasury edition, no you know, i would love to see you know big fat pages um of the great cow race now that's that's um, the big one that's the one everyone mentions isn't it the cow race that's the one yeah yeah the, and when you think the the lengths and the the scale they went to in that book but the cow race is kind of the one we all love um maybe it's the one where it sort of broke out of being sort of slightly a sleeper hit and it, everyone was buying it and i think the cow the cow race comes at that point and it's like halfway through volume two or something isn't it so yeah. it, would, it would have been like issue seven or eight or nine i suppose um but the that's to me that is the perfect animation episode as well because i know that he's got a netflix deal for his for bone isn't he now 
Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. So, so I saw that as well, and I was like, oh yeah, the great cow race. That would be amazing. And yeah. Think, well, actually, that you know that that takes up, you know, whatever it is issue seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or something. You know. Yeah. And and that that definitely would be amazing. And I thought, oh, but then that only leaves you, you know, fifty episodes, you know, for the whole rest of the story. You know, does that mean this is a bit of a you know one season and then we're done, or you know, how are you going to sort of are you hoping this going to be, you know, going to run for years and years? You know, where are you going to get yeah. that that extra story from? You know, maybe it's a lot of flashbacks back to Boneville. Um, I mean, we like to think they, they'll they run come... through the whole thing, you know, and that'll be this yeah. amazing, what, four-season series or something, you know, and they end up, yeah. you know, in the town and, you know, in with all the dragons and, uh, you know, we, I'd like to think that, but I'm not sure yeah. whether a cartoon company would hold their nerve around it for so long because it does start out quietly and then become something else later, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I read about uh, Smith was he was saying that because it volume uh, issue one starts with them and they've been run out of town where they live, Boneville, that, that's where they're from. Um, but it doesn't start in the town, it starts in the desert and they're lost. Um, yeah. And by the end of volume one, uh, they've managed to find the valley, which is where all, all the adventures happen. Um, but interesting, you said that he didn't want to start it in Boneville because then readers would think, well, it's obviously going to end in Boneville. You know, there has yeah. to be a beginning and end. Uh, and actually, because I read it all a, a long time ago until this week, I can really remember what happened to the, the bones at the end, you know, and I won't spoil it, but, you know, it's there's towards the end, you know, although there are these big battles going on at that sort of uh, uh, epic sort of scale, there's yeah. also this sort of micro problem that they're having, which is what do they do when they finish the quest? Yeah. Do they go home or do they stay here? Um, and, you know, there are reasons for them to pursue either option. You know, either option makes sense. Yeah. Because, um, but it, but it's what, what are they going to do and I was really and that was the bit that was really sort of oh you know I don't know you know do I want them to go home to go and find all the other bones or oh yeah. no actually I think they should they should stay in the valley because there are people there and and are they going to go together are they going to go are they going to split does up does he stay behind because there's there's reasons for a couple yeah. of them to stay behind and who do they take with yeah. them as well um yeah, yeah. it's uh because the intimation is that bone that where they come from boneville is is like our you know it's like our cities it's quite sophisticated they use they use cash for example don't yeah. they um there's a big yeah. there's a big balloon which is this foreshadowing because they think that <laughs> there's definitely a big balloon one of them is going to be yeah, they, that, yeah they have elections uh yeah. they have statues you know it's a very different place you know when they get to the valley um you know you know one of the bones goes you know he's like oh he's got money he's rich he's used to being in charge and they get there and he discovers that it's a barter economy based on eggs yeah. uh, and, and, and nobody's at all interested yeah, in, his uh, money. In, in all the dollar bills in his pocket you know they couldn't yeah. care less and he's like but this is appalling you know i've got all this money i'm rich and they're like got any eggs and he ends no? up having to well, milk cows in the shed doesn't he yeah Straight off. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's a couple of things before we move on because we've done we've done quite a bit of time on Bone now. Yeah. We've got a couple of other books to talk about. There's a couple of themes there. I think um dreams is something that um they yeah. play on a lot in Bone and kind of turns up later as well. Um he, he uses dreams to great effect in this, I think. There's and he uses dreams as foreshadowing or as um reasons or as um I don't know. Um, what would you call it? Like, there's like a meta element to the dreams, where they add something else to the story, almost, don't they? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, yeah. That sort of that that 
power of of the mind and the subconscious and trying to which again you know you know if you're a lord of the rings fan you you know you think about the one ring and and how it tries to corrupt yeah. the wearer uh, and tries to you know it, it tries to get the wearer to do what what it wants not what they want um so yeah so, so there's a lot of that going on and you know those sort of those memories uh of, of what has happened in the past you know and what uh what what that meant to some of the characters yeah. um going go, you know and how they've ended up being where they are um, and i think yeah, i think it's really powerfully done yeah it's really well done i think and the other thing is um reluctant heroes so it's which is an ongoing theme through then there's moments of it in razzle especially towards the yeah. end there's moments of it in captain marvel um they they're forced into situations and they're they become a hero by their decisions that are made on the spur of the moment almost yeah yeah and definitely yeah there are yeah people i mean there are other other characters you know aside from the bones who you know sort of go down that route um as well you know they're sort of lucius for example lucius is yeah 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 you know they're you know they they have their lives they're set up in a certain way and they're perfectly perfectly happy with that uh, and they would like their lives to stay like that but actually you know when push comes to shove they, they, they rise to the occasion and and yeah and and they become and they be, and they become that hero um and certainly there are bits you know certainly when i was reading it uh, this week you know he moves you know i think smith moves the story brilliantly from moments of um sort of high drama and excitement and bits that you might be ah oh, this is brilliant this yeah. thing has happened you know so you're sort of on an emotional high to you know in a heartbeat something bad has happened yeah so you yeah, know it's that really you know yeah um really you know, and that's you never know how it's going to turn out every there's a possibility no. that everyone in this book could die you know there's, there's a possibility that they will fail you know there really is that genuine um yeah you know quality of it in your mind and thinking oh my god i hope they're going to be all right um the other book i always think about that is hilda hilda's always the same i always think fucking hell she can be all right you know it's like these yeah. sort of books but cool well let's move on um elsewhere to bone as a little um side note i think we should mention the the thing i sent you during the week the dave sim versus jeff smith <laughs> which is uh it is a usual case of comics people um in like years for years just at each other so in um 1999 in a comics journal um article smith claimed that sim came to his house and as sim is wont to expanded on his um rather out there gender studies opinions <laughs> um smith claimed in the article that he threatened to give him a fat lip um and this was denied by sim so sim denied this uh, he said that never happened how dare you say that in a comics journal interview he, he was quite clear that he denied it wasn't he, yes. he was very he didn't sort of, you know he went through it in quite a lot of detail yeah and put it in his comic yeah so it's in <laughs> yeah, cerebus yeah. in issue 186 um, and then for about eight years, apparently, according to Smith, he kept asking him for a fight to the point where he said, look, I'll hire a venue and we can have a fight. You know, and there was I saw an interview with Tom Spurgeon interviewing uh, on, on YouTube. You can find it. Actually. It's quite good. A good old Tom Spurgeon. Yeah. He was a great interviewer. And he's chatting to Jeff Smith. And he says, he says, last time I interviewed you, it got us into trouble. It caused uh, Dave Sim to want to fight you. And, uh, and, uh, and Jeff Smith went for eight years. This went on. <laughs> It's very, it's very strange. You know, you, you think, you know, they're both a sort of 
heroes of that sort of yeah. independent small black press, and white. black and white, anthropomorphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, really, you know, Cerebus. You know, I mean, all right. He no, could be in Bones he, World, couldn't he? There's no, you he, he could he do could, a walk I mean, on, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all right, Jeff Smith had this idea when he was five. So, you know, it's not like <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's yeah. looked at Cerebus and gone, oh, i tell you what. Well, I mean, let's face it, Cerebus but... looked at Conan to start with, didn't it? So, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they could absolutely occupy the same world. You know, they're occupying that same space in, in publishing of sort of, you know, those in the independent creators um, who, who, who made it big. Who made it, I, mean, how, I mean, how many issues did Cerebus run for? 265? Was it, was it something like that? Lot, yeah, I can't remember it? off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah I've got the, the 18 volumes or something behind me, like phone books, oh which are not God. available. Right. It's such a shame. You can't get them. They're so good. Church really? and State is one of my favourite things ever, yeah. Uh, yeah, I spent sort of years, you know, looking at them in sort of comic shops and thinking, you know, each time you look, you think, oh, God, there's another volume. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, got yeah. about, you know, it's about, it's about three foot of, uh, of Cerebus yeah. volumes on the shelf. Um, and I have to say, I've never read any of them, actually. I think you'd like um, them, man. I think uh, you would, yeah. yeah. They're quite acerbic. They're quite um, satir- satirical. Um, there's a sort yeah. of Wolverine character who turns up. You know, um, the Rolling Stones turn up. Funny enough, um, <laughs> uh, one of the Marx Brothers turns up. There's Lord Julius, or I think it is. Um, but yeah, anyway, good. I thought we'd mention that because it did amuse me while I was doing the research. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's move on to Razzle. Um now, Razzle was the book he ca- the main the main book he came to after Bone. I mean, when when you've been working on a character since you were five, there's, it's a hell of a hell of a move to have to move on to something. And what he does do, he moves on to something very different, doesn't he? Um, and I think the quote, I, the favourite quote I read of him, he said they, they said, "How did you come up with Razzle?" And he said, like, "It was caused by me drinking too much bourbon." I thought, "Oh, okay." <laughs> um, and it's an interdimensional art thief. Um, it was going to be this is uh, this is where the Frank Miller thing came in. It was going to be in an anthology um, with Paul Pope and Frank Miller, who are both pals of his. But apparently their schedules they couldn't work it out, so they thought, "Oh fuck it, I'll just put it yeah. out." Like Bone, it came out in black and white issues and then was collected into a colour hardback, um, which is a great book actually. I think it's about thirty quid on Amazon. I've got I've got, I've got a copy of it. Really nice. Um, but it is so different, and it's really different. Yeah, I mean you 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 can't you can't. You can't believe it's by the same, it's the same creator. I mean, I, I've got the, all these comics stacked up on the dining table uh, yeah. in preparation for this. And my, and my my daughter looked at the copies of Razzle, as we're going to have to call it. Yeah, uh, not the Reader's uh, Wives. Yeah, yeah. Never read Razzle yeah, yeah, Reader's yeah. Wives on the tube, because I can see you reading it in the in the window, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, and she looked at it, uh, and because she hasn't read Razzle, but she's read Bone. Yeah. But she could tell it was, a, and she said, oh, you, you can tell it's the same artist, because he does blood in the same oh, way. okay. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, you, you can," but you know that would be about the only similarity yeah. because this is this is so different. You know, you, you can't believe it's from the same it's, person. Uh, you know. It does it a disservice by saying it's present day America, yeah. but it not it's sort of various yeah. dimensions of present day present day America, and it's about yeah. it's about a guy who is who does look like Smith. So I know there's um um it, I think it's the still the Tom Spurgeon mm. interview actually. He puts on the screen some pictures of the poses he went out into the desert for a couple of weeks and and wrote it and there's pictures of him with his shirt off wandering around the desert and that the, the exactly that reappear in the comic you know um uh, okay it's okay. got another in there's a lot of interesting design work again in it the um the sh- the guy called is he called lizard face i forget his name now is that lizard, yeah lizard face? sal sal yeah isn't he? uh, yeah I mean, he's, but they know he normally calls him lizard face isn't right. he? he's a he's, he's a strange yeah it's like, he's ooh, a well flattened faced sort of crazy looking guy but he's basically the shadow he looks like the shadow to me 
Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, I can see it. Yeah, he's very, he's very, and it gives it that sort of air of where is this happening? You know, could you <laughs> yeah. really have a person that? Look, I mean, he's not like arse face, for instance. Yes, yeah. You know, where you think this is clear, this could clearly never happen. To you, but you sort of look at him and think, well, everything else in this world, you know, in this story, could be happening. You know, everything. You know, there. Are, you know, it's got men, women, a lot of sex, sex in it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of sex in it. You know, um, but you know, everything looks real and you think well this could be happening you know in you know in modern day america okay there's the you know, there's the dimension shifting bits which we'll get to which yeah um but but then yeah but then sal turns up and like oh are you, are you yeah how, how do you feel is this actually not quite the world i think it is it's happening somewhere else and he's yeah a, a strange sort of he can always tell whether he's on the character. right earth can't he because he looks up bob dylan so i think he says bob dylan's only on one earth or something is that right is it bob dylan it's definitely Bob Dylan that he's really. That's who he has to. So he goes to one Earth and he sort of goes to the like the the jukebox in the diner. That's uh, right. And it will and it will play Robert Zimmerman. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. This song and you think and he goes, uh oh, wrong Earth. Hang yeah. on, wrong Earth. I, I'm in the. Right, I, I should be somewhere else. Um, I can't. So I mean, I, I, I bought Razzle, you know, when it was coming out originally. So okay. floppy. So yeah. I actually got the the colourful trade. I've got the original floppies that I bought. But this came out even less frequently than both. Yeah, I remember I've I think got even a couple Wikipedia of Wikipedia says, you know, yeah. uh, you know, frequently delayed on it, you know, when you're being dissed by Wikipedia, you know. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, and, it, and it's a very different story. Uh, and because it's happening in these multiple worlds, you know, there's a bit of trying to keep, you know, you're trying to keep track of, okay, which, which on this earth that you're on, what's happened? And he's trying to keep track of which earth am I on you know, you know, if I go and see this woman on this earth, is she alive or is she dead in this earth? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Or is she about to be killed? So it's quite hard for him to keep up. So for saying a comic that's coming out once every four months, I remember. God, yeah, thinking, I can imagine. Yeah. I, Jesus, I can't remember what happened in the last issue. I'm just going to read. So I found it at, at the time um, quite impenetrable, quite yeah. frustrating because it because it does kind um, of repeat so, itself as well as the nature of part of the story, isn't it? Where he does sort of land and meet people yeah. for the first time again. Um, so it does. Yeah, it would it would be awful. I think I only had to, I think I bought two issues and kind of thought, oh, I'll wait for this to be collected. But yeah, it really yeah. does. There's, it, to me as well, it's it's him going. I've had enough of the all ages. I need to, I need to I need, <laughs> I need to yeah. set myself a bit free. I need a bit of shagging in it because this bloke when he travels through dimensions with these two big sort of they're like big plane motors on his shoulders, aren't they? And a sort of weird yeah. mask. Yeah, it's a good, yes, great, great, great. Design. Really I love design. the design yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, but when he gets to the other end, one of the few things that can help him is, <clears throat> pardon me, is alcohol or sex. They're the two things that can ease the pain from the yep. dimensional travel. And I'm thinking, we've all been there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Usually I just get yeah. yeah. There's never any dimensional travel, although maybe that's worth trying. But yeah, I know what you mean. So, so it's almost him because it's it looks like him. It's, is he saying something to us? He says, "Look, I need." I've got to clean out the pipes by having a drink and, you know, putting some sex in this comic because people know me as this guy does funny animal books. Yeah. Maybe. And, and yeah, it's interesting because, you know, it's harks back to the idea that, you know, Bone is, you know, the greatest all ages comic of all time. And like I say, having read it yeah. quite recently, I was thinking, Oh, is this quite as all ages as yeah, I, I sort of thought it would yeah. be? And thinking, actually, should I give my 10 year old daughter this to read? I don't know. Um, <laughs> It's because it's you know because Bone does start as you know the first two volumes are you know just uh, fantastic and and they truly are all ages, 
but then you know you're you're sucker punched into it then yeah. because then it goes down you know you know much much darker you know the, the quest narrative comes to the fore um, and it and it starts to feel and it yeah, becomes a very different story which is distinctly less all ages yeah you, yes you still have the bones in the middle of it still fighting and squabbling um, but like you say you know they, they've become I don't know, and I don't um, I don't the, the hobbits um, yeah and it's just yeah I don't want to be that guy so because I quite like. The fact that, like, we always we always mention 2000 AD and how when we we started yeah. reading it, it probably frightened us a little bit, didn't it? It was quite extreme, mm. and I always think that mm. you can't, it can't be super. Nothing can be super safe. I think we're making the mistake if we think everything can be super yeah. safe. Otherwise, all we're doing is drawing comics about bears and pushing them around on clouds, you know, and that's about it. But I think <laughs> there needs to be something. It needs to be something that grabs these kids' excitement. And it depends how far you go with it. I know, but uh, yeah, I get that. But I think that was him. There was like a palate cleanser for him, wasn't Razzle? I mean, Razzle is tonally something. Uh, I mean, I absolutely loved Razzle. I think it's. I hate to say it, but I, I had a better reading experience. <coughs> pardon me, with that than I did with Bone. A re because I was rereading Bone, and I was kind of da- dashing through it to prepare for tonight. But I took my time on Razzle, and I really did enjoy it. But I think um, it's patchy in pacing. I think the Tesla stuff comes up. Is it just feels overly self-indulgent. Well, we get a history lesson about Tesla, don't we? I think uh, I'm kind of tired of him being in every single bloody comic for, you know, for about 10 years. He seemed to appear a lot. (laughs) He was kind of the hipster's go-to scientist for a while, wasn't he? You know? Yeah. I mean, I certainly, I enjoyed Razzle more sort of reading it through, you know, tearing through it, you know, in one go, basically, you know, I, you know, I understood much more about what was going on just because I could like one issue, two issue, three issue, four issue, you know, so I was really like, ah, right. I understand what's going on. On the other hand, it did make me think, hang on, I, I, either you're trying to convey that it's quite confusing going on, jumping between multiple worlds, which all look the same, and the people in it are the same, and you're sleeping with some of them, and you're not at, at Yeah. And that is quite confusing. But equally, it's confusing for the main character, but actually it's coming off as slightly confusing for me as well, yeah. in terms of w- which world are you on? What, what's going on here? Is this the same one you've been on? Uh, you know, because he's been chased around uh, by this cell guy and um, so yeah you know it, it was i enjoyed it more than when i was reading it you know contemporaneously yeah which, you know which is one issue every four months and not remembering what happened in the previous issue and just thinking <laughs> yeah it well, looks what, nice what's going on yeah so, yeah you sort yeah, of fall back I, on it oh this looks nice of, yeah 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 and i was like partly i was i was thinking you know i love just smith so i'm interested in where he's going with this and all right it turns out to be 15 issues so i was like okay well there we go we've got to the end of it um so i, I enjoyed it more uh this this time around um but then i thought i i, I yeah i i, I still pr- i prefer bone yeah there's, uh, and there's some weird moments in it, it like they sort of he kind of in the last sort of issue he discovers a motorbike and a load of stashed stuff and you think where did that come from i'm not sure if i you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of that but yeah it's um it's an interesting central character with yeah an arc and you kind of feel for him even though he's not particularly nice um, but there's some nice work with um, there's a, there's a bit where there's a, a stolen painting. I really like that sequence. I thought that worked really well. And the story about the, the the place where the experiments happen and who escapes and who doesn't. And yeah, it's good. It's a good book. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I, in fact, <coughs> sorry, I got a cough. I bought it for a friend today actually, and he was he was um, he yeah. was I sent it to a pal today, and he's looking through it and going, wow, this is amazing. This looks incredible. I actually quite yeah. like the coloured version as well. I think it looks nice. It's a nice read. It's just what I wanted for a a Saturday, I think, you know, a nice quiet Saturday yeah. was what I was looking for. 
good stuff. Yeah. And well, and where do you stand on comics being recolored? The, the reason yeah. I ask is, so I was uh, Colin McNeil. I was talking about uh, with his work on Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, which he originally did in all these shades of grey. So the publishers of that, um, so the sort of the Games Workshop Black Library imprint, have suddenly have started reissuing some of those comics from sort of late nineties, early noughties. Yeah that were done in black and white because they were printed in a classic American sort of size comic and therefore they had to be black and white. Yeah. And they suddenly started reaching them sort of, oh, 20 years later, you know, it is a anniversary volume, but they've coloured them. And I yeah. Think, oh, but but uh, did you not see the Colin McNeil stuff before that was so beautiful in black and yeah, white? Yeah, I think I've seen it on your blog, haven't I? Because it's not just you've, black. You've blogged about yes, it. Yeah, you have. yeah, yeah. I have, yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, I've seen some, where do I stand on this Razzle one? for Bone. Yeah. Do you see it? I don't, okay. I don't, I don't, Oh God! How do I stand on it? Um, I wouldn't. I know they're colouring Cerebus, aren't they, at the moment? And are they really? Yeah, oh I don't. Well. I don't know about that one. I don't. If it's, I suppose it's me just saying. If it's done well, I don't mind it so yeah. much. I kind of, it kind of works for Bone actually. Mm. Classically, the black and white's nicer for my eye, but I kind of don't. Mm. I don't. I wouldn't discourage him because I'm sure he got a lot more sales out of colouring it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he got in a yeah, lot more I, libraries. I see it for Bone, yeah, because it was, it is just black and white, and therefore colouring it, you're not taking away so much. Whereas I think yeah. Colin McNeil has worked so hard to get those those yeah. shades of grey in, to then just have someone go, no, we'll have that in red, I think. And it's like, hang on, what, what about all the hard work that you, you know, you've slightly obliterated by just, you know, <laughs> you know, just running this through Photoshop. Um so yeah, so those ones I think. Oh, I don't know. Do you remember I, years I ago they coloured they coloured yeah. Laurel and Hardy? Do you remember that? It's fucking awful. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. Well, I coloured Halo Jones, you know. Of course, like I have famously, yeah, sort of, yeah. Uh, those and um, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I haven't read those. And again, I would think, you know, would I be interested in reading that? You know, it's uh, you know, I I think I probably have enough of it in, in black and white already that I think oh, yeah. I know what happens and I know how fantastic it looks. Would it look any different? You know, would the writing be any better in colour? No, it wouldn't. Um, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't so, it? Because 2000 yeah. AD is a funny fish like that, isn't it? Because certain pages we remember as being coloured and certain pages we remember as being black and white, you know. Things yeah. like especially Dread or maybe the ABC Warriors or something like that, From you know. Certain certain pages we remember, no, that was a coloured page. It's sort of imprinted into our yeah. brains, isn't it? Um, or, or you have some of them where, like... Um, in tour and now in in star lord for instance when you've got those early johnny alpha yeah. stories strontium dog it's like black and white black and white black and white oh get to the center page yeah two pages of color black and white black and white black and white you know because there's only four pages of color in the whole That's thing all they could know, afford. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly so it's like <laughs> in that you're like oh well hang on there's you know you, you're either slightly more used to it by thinking well yeah sometimes it did used to be in color yeah you know but that was just a, a you know that was what literally all they could afford. Uh, and certainly, you know, I know when I went on, um, they did, um, Conrad and Fox did that sort of 24 hour. Oh, Star of course they did. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I went on and I did, I don't know, issue three of Star Lord or something. And it, and the sort of the colors on it was, it was like this, the pig, Papa Porker. He was like the main villain and he was like <laughs> the pinkest sort of piggiest and everything was like hyper sort of colored. It's like, I can see what Photoshop does now, you know, it's those yeah. sort of subtle gradations of colour, whereas this is like, right, you can have pink or you can have yellow, what do you want? But it was going oh, direct well, we'll on the page back then, half. wasn't it? you got to remember yeah, that, exactly. we'll, yeah. we'll have half yellow, half pink, right? That's it, you know, the colouring is done, thank you very much, <laughs> move along. It's just, yeah. it's just a bit eye-popping uh, in yeah. that, so, so, you know. This is done quite well, I think, 
Razzle is a weird one because it's kind of there's kind of meant to be a noir element to it, isn't there's whole panels that are done yeah. with that sort of sharp shadow, you know, on pages and I don't know, I did quite enjoy it, but I just think it was because I was in the mood for it. I think class if I was being yeah. if I was being a wanker, you know, like a typical comic collector, I'd say no black and white, but I don't know, I just kind of enjoyed it for the reading experience. Um, yeah. yeah, and certainly some of it, you know, the sort of, again, the sort of animate, you feel there are, there are bits where sort of animation skills, you know, really come to the fore because, you know, there could be wordless panels or pages, you know, where you really, you know, you can move the story along even though nothing is happening. You know, yeah. there aren't, you know, there's Razzle himself um, and, and there are a number of other protagonists, but often, you know, it's him on his own on the run. Yeah. You know, and he's sort of waiting for things to happen. So actually there are, you know, pages, you know, where it's like, right, I've got to leg it. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, there's, there's a, sort of the little girl character who's this sort of strange interdimensional creature that he meets. So, you know, she she can communicate with him, but she can't talk to him. Um, yeah. So, again, it's about those, those expressions that people have uh, and and conveying that moving the story along without anybody actually yeah. saying anything, uh, you know, which is a great and skill. And it's not... It's not cheaply coloured either. You know, it's not, um, let's not say panini coloured, but you know what I mean. It's not, <laughs> it's not just sort of yeah. blaringly bad image comics coloured. It's, there's, there's a, um, a subtleness to some of it. There's, um, it's, it's not shiny colouring, is it? It's, uh, it's, it's all right. I have to say, I think it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. we'll move on now to, um, the third book we're going to talk about, which I know this isn't going to be as long as the other ones because I know we, we don't have a huge opinion on yeah. it. But the uh, <laughs> this is one that is particularly full colour. This is you know a comic that is designed is, to yeah. be utterly yeah. full colour, um, and this yeah. is um, Shazam, uh, Shazam the Monster Society of Evil. So it features Captain Marvel. So when we say Captain Marvel, we mean the Captain Marvel from DC. Um, and Jess Smith. This is confusing. I had to try and explain this to my daughter, who's <laughs> getting into. She's working her way. We got Disney Plus, so she's working her way through. All the Marvel oh, movies. Oh, nice! Oh, good stuff. Like, and I was going. So you know, she's always like, so you know, one day she's watching like a Thor movie, and the next day she's watching something else. So she's watched Captain Marvel. Yeah. You know, and she's quite sort of proud about you know the fact. Oh, Captain Marvel. It's not gender specific. You know, Captain Marvel's a woman. And she's like, who's that, Dad? In your comic? And I went, that's Captain Marvel. And she went, <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's that other guy because you've seen the poster for Shazam, the movie. Well, that that's it's like, no, switched that's... to that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's like, no, that, that's Shazam, and I'm like, no, no, he's Captain. And then I start to doubt myself and think, I'm sure he's called Captain Marvel yeah, because yes, yeah. she's Mary Marvel, and, and and but I'm like, so this is a so in the end we had to agree. Well, our point of compromise was that don't confuse her by telling her that Ca- Captain Marvel in the Marvel universe used to be a man as well. Don't confuse her there. It was about three <laughs> yeah. different men, wasn't it? At one point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, he's he is called Captain Marvel, but they just don't mention that on the front page of the comic. <laughs> yeah, good, good way of doing it. Yeah. So this is um uh, um uh, to be fair, for my opinion of it is, it, yeah. I find origin stories a bit of a turn off, uh, mostly because I'm old and boring and I've seen them already. But this is kind of the origin story. See, to me, Captain Marvel was Billy Batson. It was just him in a different body. Um, which I do, they do kind yeah. of well in the movie. I, I'm, and I'm not a hater of the movie. I can't, it's fun, and I think Captain Marvel stroke Shazam was has always been a sort of quite a quirky, fun character. You know, you got talking lions and all sorts of things in it. Talking tiger, sorry. Yeah. But the um, this one, it's kind of he kind of double hands it because it's kind of Cap, Shaz, 
Captain Marvel, let's call him, is a character, and so is Billy Batson, and they're kind of not the same person at points. I got a bit confused by this one. Did you get that? Um, so I suppose, so from my point of view, so I don't, uh, because as you know, I'm a terrible racist and I don't like reading American comics, <laughs> despite, <laughs> despite coming on your podcast, always talk about American comics. Um, I, I, so I didn't really, I didn't really know, you know, I knew that, you know, Billy Batson, you know, uh, and, and the sister would be called Mary, but I didn't know about the tiger. For instance. Yeah. Um, so, and I could sense that there was, you know, but like I say, cause it's replaying the origin story. I was like, the, so for me, it was an origin story, but I okay. thought, yeah. But I bet if you, I bet if you know twenty years of your comics history, you're either going, oh, that's interesting, you've done it like that, yeah. or yep, you know, you're sort of ticking them off the list of, yeah, we got to see this, yeah, we got to see that, yeah, we got to see tick, 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 and therefore you're finding it quite satisfying. Whereas I was a bit like, because it's an origin story, you've slightly got to shoehorn all this stuff in. Yeah, and then have so the, and then have then, the adventure, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And then have the, have the adventure, and then you can go on and say, well, this is a limited, you know, because there's only four issues of this, you know, it's a prestige or perfect bound yep. title, full color throughout. Uh, you know, and again, I bought it in the floppies okay. when it came out because it had Jeff Smith's name on the front, and I was like, oh, that was quite interesting. Um, but then, you know, there isn't another series after this, and another series, and another series where you can just see, right, well, let's just see, you know, Captain Marvel just have. It's almost an, an Elseworld story. And... It's almost it's happening in another. And yeah. no, it's not happening in the main DC universe. It's just they've because he's the name, isn't he, Jeff Smith? They've gone, oh, you know, why don't you do one yeah. of our characters? He says, oh, I've always fancied Captain Marvel, Shazam. I say, oh, well, get on with it then. And he kind of just does it his own way, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely feels like you know this is a sort of you know this, you can play with the big boys now. You know, you, you can have one of our characters uh, and you can you know do what you want with him. Which one do you fancy? Oh, I fancy that one, right? Yeah. You know, knock yourself out. Four issue prestige mini mini series. Full colour throughout, you know, fill your boots yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, um, um, I mean, it's it's a beautifully drawn book. It it it's it does what it's meant to do. I just didn't find it as visually interesting as the previous book. There's a couple of repetitions in it, and I'm not sure if these are homages, but the moment when I think it's page twenty, the moment where Billy Batson gets on the train, and there's a character on the train. Oh yeah, that's um, lizard face, isn't it? Surely that's uh, that's his costume from when he first appears in Razzle. Oh, I see, because he's yeah, he's sort of he doesn't he don't, but you never you never see his face. Do no, you, you don't. He, he, yeah, he is this sort of, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely you know he he's got the oh, I don't know, what is that is that fedora I is that the word yeah. for that I don't yeah. know yeah I, I, I don't we um we need somebody who knows more about the shadow to tell us about yeah that. only that but, uh, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where is he where <laughs> but yeah you know he definitely looks like you know the Sal character um yeah is that him and like I say yeah I mean it, it's you know. It's beautifully drawn, you know. It's perfectly competently uh, coloured. Although weird, I find that often, often a bit again, a bit like in Razzle, with sort of the main character in that is always a bit sort of hunched over and a bit sort of yeah. like he's got a, 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 a bad back. He, he weirdly looks a bit like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just. I, I mean, there are these, you know, for anyone who hasn't read it, there are sort of anthropomorphic, you know horrible creatures and then there are these three enormous robots that turn up yeah and you think oh my god three, three enormous robots my god they're going to destroy the city um but the to me the and, robots have and, a similar design to the rat creatures there's a there's something about them there's something that i don't know they just seemed like they could have come from that world you know there's the is it the eyes the sort of dot eyes that they he uses in some of his creatures mm. um 
asterisk calendars. Oh, I saw that today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on there, it's nice. I mean, I, like I say, I just you know, I've had an asterisk. You know, I've read asterisk. You know, that was my 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 gateway drug. Yeah. Um, you know, along with Tintin. You know, from the local library when when I was a kid. Um, and I've had an asterisk calendar up on my wall this year, and I was doing a sort of Christmas list the other day, and I thought, oh, oh, there's another asterisk calendar. Oh, nice. And there is. Yeah. And then that and that just gave me a list and the excuse to go. Oh, well, actually, I've looked at. Uh, thrillingly, I've looked at um, <laughs> comic characters um, on calendars before, and uh, there's more of it than you might think. Yeah, um, Marvel but, are quite famous for theirs, uh, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so, so, so they do them, and I've certainly, like for British comics, I've looked at uh, Beano and Dandy ah, calendars, yeah. uh, which I still, you know, even with the power of Google, you know, I, I still can't find all of them. You know, partly because there are so many. Yeah. Uh, but sort of, actually, there are so many. And then just, you know, as ever to me, the interesting thing is, you know, where, where are they documented? Where Where is the one place you can go to get all this stuff? You know, and I couldn't find it. So Yeah. And even uh, eBay's a bit know, limited and, these days, isn't it? I go looking for stuff on eBay and it's not on there quite a lot of the time. And yeah, now you have to dig for stuff, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Commander, I've done a number of calendars. You know, there's been a few Judge Dread calendars. Right. Bruins, Urwali. Um, <laughs> You know, Viz have done a few calendars. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of you know, if you like that sort of thing, uh, then, then there's there's plenty out there. Um, so yeah, so it was uh, yeah, it was Asterix calendars today, but I had, um, but then yesterday it was a. Uh, uh, you used to read the Sleaze Brothers comics. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. that was like an early was it Marvel UK or was it someone else? I can't think. Yeah, Mar- yeah, Marvel UK. Really um, early one, wasn't it? But, yeah. Yeah. But there's another, there's a, a more kids, you know, there's another comic that those two guys, uh, Andy Lanning and John Carnell, both worked on uh, called The World of Wim, right. W-Y-M, Wim. Uh, and, you know, there's only half a dozen issues. Uh, and uh, as, as, again, that's something that I enjoy chasing out. You know, it's so, there definitely are six issues because there's a YouTube video of somebody going, look, I've got six issues <laughs> right, of this okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but actually trying to buy the individual issues, you know, seems, you know, um, really uh, very hard for reasons that I can't really explain. <laughs> Apart from, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't very popular at the time, but, they'd, you know, in the, but, you know, the sort of the publication schedule they worked to must have meant that, right, well, we're going to either, you know, it's six issues and that's it. So therefore, once they'd started it, they were like, it doesn't matter what we sell, you know, we've already commissioned all the artwork, everything is ready to go. So they just, Plowed through it, so we so we've had a bit of that this week. What we got uh, coming up after that? We had um, coming up after that. Um, I, have to, I have to say I haven't got anything lined up for tomorrow. Yeah, oh, this right. is how okay. close to the wire it sometimes works. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm gonna, one of the things I'm going to look at is I bought some uh, 2000 AD trading cards. Oh, okay. Recently. Um, so I thought that's a good, slightly sort of Christmas holiday. You know, when I'm actually trying to have two weeks off, um, that will be a quite a nice, just to sort of you know, here's you know, uh, ten artists that you like, you know, and we will just go. There's sort of I think it's 72 cards in the set. Yeah. So that's sort of there's sort of nine cards per theme, and therefore there are whatever that have is, ever, uh, eight themes. Have you ever done so, anything on Lord Horror? Uh, the David Britton yeah. and Meng and Echo yes. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I have to say uh, I haven't got any of them I mean I know of them yeah. uh, but, but no I've never uh, never come I bought the last couple I was missing actually. a couple so I bought a few off eBay this week um, that's an right. interesting period man as well that's, uh, yeah. I'd love to see what you made of that one it's a bit nuts mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, I remember sort of reading the, you know, in like in Comics International, you know, back in the day of, you know, there's a, oh my God, there's another issue of, of Lord Horror out, and it's like being seized by the police Ooh. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was mainly it was yeah, in the sort of in the, in the, the legal section of Comics International. It was <laughs> like, oh, hang on, uh, they're in trouble. But uh, yeah, you know, the things in the blog we've had um, recently had um, a Pat Mills um, and Glenn Fabry. Uh, strip, oh, I saw uh, this. This is the female uh, slain that you did. This is the female slain. Yeah. So it was in a sort of, there was a left wing sort of Sunday newspaper, the news on Sunday came out in 1987, ran for a few months before, you know, all, you know, all, all went belly up, but, <laughs> uh, but they had a great comic section. Um, and it had, you know, Pat Mills, um, scripting, uh, this sort of female version of slain. Uh, and then, uh, above that, there was, uh, Pete Milligan and Brendan McCarthy, uh, doing a strip uh, called the called the Summer of Love. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so you know, you know, what a great wow comics. You know, yeah. page that is that is in your Sunday supplement. You know, you know, um, Glenn Fabry, Pete, um, Pat Mills, um, Pete Milligan, and Brendan McCarthy. You know, Fucking wow. Uh, yeah. But I only ran. You know, I mean, they only ran seven issues, or the, this particular bit. You know, there's only seven issues of each. Um, that were in there. Has that been so, collected yeah, ever? Or... Sort of... uh, no, it's in one of um, David McDonald's um, collections of sort of research that he's done into sort of British comics. Is it? Did you do one called sort of Beyond 2000 AD? Yeah, I, I yeah, think, I was looking I think at it's stuff, in there. Um, has he just put the Tower King out? Is that right? Uh, so, so the Tower King. So that, that's been out for a while. He's just put out uh, a Ballardinelli uh, compilation, of the has. Angry Planet. That's right. Uh, it sold so out Al- pretty quickly, Al- didn't Al- it? Al- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going really. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I, I, you know, I messaged him to say, yeah, you know, I, I've ordered it. Uh, let me have a, you know. And I think, yeah, it's already half sold out in two days or so. Wow. You know? Okay. So, you know, right. so it's going great guns. So it's like, okay. So yeah, I mean, you know, he's, you know, and he, you know, that's a sort of imprint or deal or whatever it is that, that he's done with rebellion, you know, via the sort of treasury of British comics imprint, you know, to start yeah. producing smaller run things that actually, you know, w- wouldn't ever work, you know, or re- rebellion. Mind uh, rebellion feel, you know, would never... <laughs> well, yeah, they do. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I'm going to run out, you know, there's, uh, I think, Oh, actually, you know, I know Alan Hebden, you know, I've met him a couple of things. Yeah. And he, you know, he signed books and things. Uh, that I've got, and I think, Christ, the next time I see him, I, you know, I'm going to have a lot of things for yeah, him to sign because yeah. you know it, it, it's all it's all coming out. But yeah, so Dave's going to put out, you know, you know what sounds like a series of volumes um, on strips, which, which uh, I guess are going to be, you know, probably drawn from, you know, maybe Battle Valiant. Yeah, they're a bit flying, uh, you know, bit flying under the radar AD. kind of books, aren't they? The ones that you, you don't automatically see, <clears throat> but the 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 rebellion themselves seems to be putting out books that i'm like oh really you put that out that's a surprise you know yeah. um what's the one they've just put out pat mills's girls comic one i've ordered it i can't think of them. oh sugar sugar that's it yeah she, she called sugar yeah 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 yeah. really sort of yeah you know i, I wouldn't know any, anything about that you know girls comics aren't yeah the art looks something that, that i don't know so yeah uh but yeah you know it, it, it does look gorgeous i mean the first book they they put out you know when they brought these comics you know was um was Marnie the Fox. That's right. You know, which is like yeah. a real like, really? you know, eco yeah. Envi- yeah, eco environmental friendly I believe the, you know, the I believe the term you're looking for, Rich, is snorefest, I believe is the uh... 
I remember seeing that. I remember loads of people yeah. buying it and no one ever reading it. I was speaking to Jason yeah. Gunn the other day. He said, "Yeah, I bought that. I don't know why I bought it. I never read it in the end." But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I went, I went to the launch of that. Gosh, All right. Um, and um, and John Vernon, you know, who's uh, uh, John Vernon or John? No, John Stokes. Mm. Is he called John Stokes? It's John Stokes. Right, yeah. The artist. Yeah, yeah. John Stokes um, was was there. Um, you know, and the, and the. Um, and it was uh, the guy does is it uh, Andy from is it Pipe Dream Comics? What's he called? Oh, sure. I want to call him Andy Diggle, but uh, no, no um, um, okay. Yeah, but yeah. you know, he got he got interviewed, and there were like there were eight of us in gosh of an evening, <laughs> you know, at this, and I was like, oh my, it's just so sad that there's eight, you know, you've, you know, there's this beautifully produced, you know, hardback volume, you know, the first volume they're putting out. Yeah. You've worked in British comics for like sixty years. He worked on high-profile things. You know, I think he'd worked, you know, he worked on uh, was it like the, uh, the Invisibles, like Grant Morrison. He'd oh, worked okay, on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Star yeah. Trek comics, you know. Yeah. Also, you know, he's, uh, you know, it's amazing sort of comics career, you know, and ended up with, you know, but there's eight of us saying, gosh, you know, listening to him talk. Oh, no, I was like, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is slightly embarrassing. But, um, you know, but, but he was interested, you know, it was, it was a, a, a fine talk uh, and it was good to... Good stuff, man. Uh, good, good stuff, but uh, good, yeah. So yeah, so they've gone from that, you know, back into the more I don't know, safer and inverted commas. You know, what we want is sort of proto two thousand AD. Yeah. You know, if it, you know, if Pat, if Pat has written it, we're interested in publishing it. If Alan Hebden's written it, we're interested in publishing it. If Carlos has drawn it or Eric Bradbury's drawn yeah. it. Yeah, we're interested in publishing it. Um, so it's good to I, see it all coming I mean, out. I'm enjoying about... it. There's, I'm picking and choosing, but I'm buying some of them. They're, I bought the thirteenth yeah. floor books, and yeah, there's some great stuff coming yeah. out. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, and I, I have to. I mean, I don't know enough about sort of mid seventies battle to think how deep is this well. <laughs> yeah, you know, is, is there a point at which yeah. you'll go, oh, in a year's time, we'll go, oh, we've run out. That that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we've run out. Now we're now we're just doing the girls' comics, princes. You know, we, we said, you know, I'm sure it isn't like that, but it's like, or is it? No, no, no. You know, you know, Pat writes really fast, so don't I worry. Mean, Pat, you know, Valiant there's, ran there's for years, didn't it? To come from. Yeah, it's like there's all that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff, man. Well, yeah. let's, um, so where can yeah. people find your blog and where can we find you online? Uh, you can find uh, my blog at uh, boysadventurecomics.blogspot.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Richard and Sheaf, S-H-E-A-F. Cool. And you can find me in forthcoming issues of uh, Comic Scene oh, yeah. magazine, the sort of the sort of history of comics publication that Tony Foster is putting out sort of one one year at a time sort of a snapshot of this is what was happening in comics in I think the first four he's doing is something like 1950 1986 1977 oh, okay. and one other year I can't remember the other so he's, uh, he's um, gone for the big so, ones uh, on, that, on that first release then isn't he let's face it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so he's gone for some yeah so it's, it's a it's a very different way of thinking about comics it's trying to sort of you know, instead of having that sort of the theme being, you know, this, you know, it's a Batman issue, it's a Superman issue, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, it's it's a snapshot of time, isn't it? Yeah, it's like um, I often yeah, pick up like amazing, amazing heroes, or when you pick up, you know, you go to Longbox and grab a Comics International out, and you think, oh, I remember what was happening that week. I kind of like that. I think that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. 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 So it's sort of broad, you know, looking at a number of uh, comics that came out this year that then, you know, you sort of look back and go, oh wow, that came out in you know, uh, that, that year or, wow, you know, you know, what, what are the top 10 comics in 1986? Bloody hell, 1986, you know, that's quite a top 10. Uh, um, and, you know, what else was going on? So, yeah, so I've sort of, I've I, I contributed to that, you know, just a oh, stuff, page man. in each issue, just to sort of, you know, something slightly more 
offbeat, off kilter, um, sort of something that I might put up on the blog. But but there are longer articles uh, by uh, so so John McShane, right? Um, comics guy, um, has done a lot of things up in uh, Scotland. Uh, so so he writes sort of long articles. Uh, Richard, I was it, want to call him Burton or Bruton, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean yeah uh, yeah yeah. Uh, he's contributed uh, and a number of other people, British comics, American comics covered. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen digital copies. You know, I've, I've proofread digital copies oh, nice. um, of, of all of those issues, um, uh, and, and they're coming out soon. And yeah, you know, Tony's got a hundred years he wants to get through in, in about <laughs> in the next decade. So you know, he's got to yeah. crank the handle. It, it, can, it can make it quite. You know, if he says to me, "Can you write something about 1948?" I'm going to be sort of yeah. Ooh, you know, that's quite. It's a lot easier you know, to write something about 1982 than it is about. Yeah, I get you completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, some of, some of that is about you know what can I Google or you know what can I get on my shelf. Or in 1982, I can probably go oh, there's this or this or this. That'll be fine. But yeah, you know, there'll be a point where I go. Oh, yeah, might have to that one for a bit. Be, Let's yeah. leave that year for a bit. It might yeah. be a bit of that money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. Um, look at us. We've run over uh, large again. Yeah. So if you've listened to this and you want to delve back in, go and buy Bone, um, then go and buy Ransel and then and maybe try Shazam after that. If you want to go online, you can find there's a few interviews up. There was quite a few interviews actually with Jeff Smith in conversation with Jeff Smith at the Charles M. Shorts Museum. That's on YouTube. It's very good. Uh, there's a movie about him called The Cartoonist, which is hard to find. But if you search about on YouTube, you can pro- you can kind of jigsaw the movie together with bits from it that are posted online um if you want to know about the creator feud you can go to a moment of cerebus blog and find it on there and you can go or you can go to cbr.com and creator feuds um and it's in reads it's in the volume called reads the um the cerebus volume in the back of that um there's another good interview which is um uh bone childhood trauma which is quite a good one and the, co- the the comic tropes one is kind of brief and it'll give you an idea of the story if you want a sort of summary of the story go to comic tropes i'm not overly overly keen on these videos they're a bit too american and a bit too enthusiastic for perhaps my english tastes but it does give you an overview of the series with spoilers so there you go you can find my books at um never anything.bigcartel.com and thanks rich excellent as always man so have a think about what the next one you want to talk about in the new year we'll uh, we'll get back on another one if that's all right yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, we'd be more than happy to come back and talk about American comics. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I mean, well, you know, You're all over uh, the world thing now. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. See you soon, man. Take care.